Please join me in our prayer for illumination. God, source of all light, by your word give light to our lives. Amen. Our scripture reading today starts in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, chapter 6, verses 6 through 27, found on page 1381, if you choose to follow along in your pew Bible. Let us hear the word of our Lord. So the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room, where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or man, except to you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah pays no attention to you, O king, or to the decree you put in writing? He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went as a group to the king and said to him, Remember, O king, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation may not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, 
whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed his dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Turning now to the New Testament reading found in the book of Luke, chapter 23, verses 1 through 5, page 1639. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Christ, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted, he stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. Blessed be the word of our Lord. I'll invite the children forward at this time. Let's continue in a prayer. God, uh, we ask that you would speak through these accounts uh, from the book of Daniel as well as from Luke's gospel account of Jesus uh, in front of Pilate. And uh, may we sense your presence and spirit, not only on this first Sunday of Advent, but throughout this holy season in our lives. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Earlier this month, I was attending a seminar down in uh, Richmond, Virginia, and I was driving back on 95, you know, from 95, and had plenty of time to think on 95, and the traffic was a little bit heavy, and I, I'm thinking about this particular message this morning, and uh, I thought, well, what am I going to say? You know, what am I going to focus in upon in regards to Daniel, as well as those words from uh, Luke's gospel account? and thought more, and uh, then I had come up with that title, which, In and Out of Danger, and uh, I thought, boy, 
you know, I don't even know about that title. Maybe that doesn't describe things uh, as well as I'd like. And my wife is back there, and, and maybe you, many of you know me well, too. Sometimes my thinking, it, it takes a quantum leap to kind of go from A to B. You know, I've been told that by my wife and, and others and that, too. But hopefully by the end of the message, you know, we'll be able to sense more fully God's purpose as well as God's presence this morning. But a little bit of background about Daniel, King Darius, governmental officials, and uh, also uh, angels and lions. And uh, we get that all from uh, Daniel chapter 6. And uh, a little bit of the background, Pastor Chris had gone into this, but uh, Nebuchadnezzar was uh, a monarch from the Babylonian Empire, and uh, uh, his empire had ended. And now Darius had come into power with the Persian Empire. And there was turmoil and unsettledness going on uh, during this transition time, approximately five to six centuries before the birth of Jesus into the world. King Darius was a prominent leader, as I mentioned, of the Persian Empire. Daniel was a Jew, one of the few men that were boys that were taken away from Jerusalem and exiled. And earlier in the book of Daniel, uh, we had read about uh, Nebuchadnezzar and uh, Remember those three that were thrown into the fiery furnace? We're not going to do that. Remember those? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Now, who were they again? Come on, people. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, and uh, again, for a similar reason as uh, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den because they were not worshiping the king as, uh, as God. Years later, another empire, similar comes into play. And uh, from verse 3 in chapter 6, uh, which was not read by Henry, a uh, little bit of the background. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Another translation said that he had an excellent spirit in him. So Daniel kind of put himself, in one sense, above the others, and uh, that brought some type of jealousy, and uh, he was going to get more leadership as an advisor and even beyond in that particular empire. And on to the next few verses. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do that. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and either corrupt nor neglectful. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it is something to do with the law of his God. So that's the backdrop right now. There was jealousy, envy, and hate from the other persons in power, and uh, they were afraid that their power was going to be submerged in some way. And they planned and plotted to find a way to discredit and harm Daniel, and ways to even have him put to death. And then a new edict was brought and enforced by the king to include uh, anybody that worshipped other than Darius would be put to death. And they said this, O King Darius, live forever. Then they placed up to the king and wanted to discredit Daniel. And the new law was to be whoever would pray to any god or man during the next 30 days except to the king shall be thrown into the lion's den. And Daniel, as the scripture says, continued to do his practicing of his faith and uh, daily worship three times a day. Now suffering, injustice, pain came upon Daniel and it really wasn't any fault of his own. 
On occasion, suffering comes to our lives, too. Sometimes undeservedly, other times it's uh, things that we do, our decisions. You know, has an injustice happened to you over the years? Think about that. I'm not asking you to kind of share that, but uh, something unfair, unjust. There are also the times, I said, uh, that we make poor choices or turn away from God in our lives. Now, the connection between Daniel and Luke that Henry read, uh, you know, we have Jesus right before his crucifixion right before uh, his death on the cross. And he's before Pilate, the governor. And uh, again, people are trumping up charges against Jesus and says that he doesn't pay taxes, he's not really loyal to really the government. And uh, then Pilate, who was really kind of caught in a crossfire, even asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said in this particular uh, gospel account, yes, it is, as you say. And then Pilate announced to the chief priest that he couldn't find anything wrong with him. But then, as we know, uh, things continued on to his crucifixion. Soon Jesus was to be charged and crucified to death. And then Daniel thrown into those lions' den. Innocent. People can be cruel and unfair in how they act towards others, even those that claim to be Christians. A friend and minister colleague of mine years ago said, it's not the lions you need to be afraid of. It's the Christians. And I thought about that often, and uh, it's unfortunate that it's been true. And again, I haven't been a perfect person, but it's not the lions that you need to be afraid of, it's the Christians. And you have Mahatma Gandhi that even said that he really embraced the Christian faith in Jesus, but it was the Christians that really he had bothered them with because they didn't follow what Jesus was proclaiming and teaching. But Daniel, faithful to the witness, Consider that situation, thrown into the lion's den. And uh, then at the end, we hear these words. I issue you a decree, Darius said. Every part of the kingdom must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during this reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Now, there's different associations that we have uh, in stories of the scripture. You know, we have Daniel, we think of the lion's den, right? We have that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the fiery furnace uh, earlier in Daniel. We have uh, on the communion table these signs. We have the bread, which will celebrate communion next week, representing Jesus' body broken for us. And we have the cup, which represents his blood shed for us and for his purposes. Now think about that. You know, think about different signs. And uh, what I really wanted to say with that in You know, just reminders that there wasn't room for this king that was being born in the inn, in and out of danger. But there's hope. Many times uh, when we light the candles, people have said, oh, the candles represent different things. Hope, peace, joy, love, faith. They could represent a lot of different things. But on this first Sunday in Advent, we focus in on, on hope. 
And things don't always work out. We can be in lion's den and maybe not survive, but God's presence will be there, and that's what we need to focus in upon in the past, the future, as well as in the present. During World War II, uh, on the wall of a cellar in one of the concentration camps, there was a saying, I believe in the sun even when it's not shining, and I believe in love even when there's no one there, and I believe in God even when he is silent. I believe through any trial there is always a way, but sometimes in the suffering and hopeless despair, my heart cries for shelter, to know someone's there. But a voice rises within me saying, hold on, my child, I'll give you strength. I will give you hope. Just stay a little while. I believe in the sun, even when it's not shining. And I believe in love, even when there's no way one there. But I believe in God, even when he is silent. I believe through any trial, there's always a way. And may there someday be sunshine. May there someday be happiness. May there someday be love. May there someday be peace. Now again, uh, so many of the Jews and others died in those concentration camps and uh, so many people during just that World War II. But think about that, in and out of danger. You know, to have that living hope, as the scripture talks about. It's not a dying hope, but it's a living hope that Christ is present with us. We think of that word Emmanuel, which really means God is with us. God is present with us in the good times as well as the difficult times. Jesus came in a very humble way to common people. Everyday shepherds saw him. There were the magi that came from several miles away, but uh, really it was the common people that uh, came and Jesus associated mostly with, and he really connected. To be a Christian, Christ is within us, working out salvation. Not that we earn salvation, but it's by God's grace. Serving God, worshiping God, on my desk here at the, the church, uh, a Bible verse uh, I often read, and it's uh, given to me by a friend that I met over in England. And uh, he's an Anglican priest and author and uh, really is a good person, Bruce Duncan. And uh, he said, keep focusing on these words. It's from Psalm 143.8. Does anybody know that by heart? Yes. You do, Janice? Okay. But here it is. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. You know, think about that for yourself. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Isn't that the bottom line of life? Isn't that what's most important? Isn't that what's really lasting amidst all the different trials and tribulations that we might go through? While I was at that seminar, I got a call from a person I had known for many years, and especially his family from First Reformed Church. Uh, his wife had died, and uh, he wanted me to uh, be one of the officiants at the service, which was just going to happen in just a few hours. And uh, he told me about the difficult time that he was experiencing. And so I was thinking about that this past week and, uh, you know, that message and uh, to, to bring hope even amidst grief and uh, trial. And then also I have a wedding. Uh, I think of uh, Lisa, you and Tim, and I think of uh, Jeff and uh, 
Janet and uh, have a wedding at the end of this week. And, and then trying to put this message together, you know, of just uh, Advent, of hope. And, uh, you know, and things don't always work out the way that we want. And that's okay, and that's best. But to put our trust and faith in God. I've quoted this often, and maybe you get tired of it, but I always think about this, especially during Advent time, and it was given to me by a, a dear friend through one of his sermons, uh, Dr. Herman Ritter, Reformed Church minister. And he talked about two journeys. And think about that as we start Advent. You know, this is a sacred time of year, and it's part of the rhythm of the church uh, of really... This is the beginning. This is a new. Last Sunday was Christ the King, where Jesus will come someday triumphantly, as we believe. But in the meantime, here's about the birth of that great child that was born. It talks about uh, the two journeys. Most of our planning and our fussing has to do with getting someplace, the outward journey. You know, whether I'm traveling from Richmond to Pequonic or wherever, we think about where we're going. So too we are in an inward journey. Like the wise men of the Bible, they had a long physical journey there and back. And here's the words that I, I really, it just becomes a part of me. Bethlehem is not the end of the journey, but only the beginning. Not home, but the place through which we must pass, if ever we are to reach home at last. Bethlehem is not the end of the journey, but only the beginning. Not home, but the place through which we must pass if ever we are to reach home at last. You know, think about that home. You know, we just celebrated another Thanksgiving, and many times, uh, you know, people talk about home, and uh, sometimes you can be home, and sometimes there's difficulty with uh, being at home, but, uh, you know, having that home in, in our lives. And, uh, but again, talking about the home that goes beyond this life to the life that Jesus promises, the eternal life. So you are on a journey, whether you use that phrase or not, and I'm on a journey. And uh, there are great times that happen. There are some very difficult times. There's puzzling times as well. But the idea and presence that the living God is with us. This morning, we may feel like we might be in a lion's den. You know, I, I try to picture myself uh, being there, and it made me think of uh, the Apostle Peter when he was in prison, and uh, he was singing psalms and praises to God, and you remember the chains fell off, it was an earthquake, and uh, uh, he didn't escape right away, and uh, the guard was ready to kill himself. You know, those are exceptional things. Those are happening. Those miracles do happen, but, but sometimes things do not work out, but that God indeed is present with us, and... Uh, you know, as I think about that message today for uh, Gary and his family, uh, that even amidst times of grief and loss, that God is present with us, that God loves us, that God calls us to a greater purpose. Empires rise and fall as uh, with Darius and that things didn't last long for him. And, uh, but even in the midst of change, uh, Daniel was faithful. Daniel was a faithful person acting out his faith, even though that meant... Uh, possible death, and a reminder that God is with us at Advent as well as throughout the, the years, and to be faithful in how the Lord uses each one of us in many ways to protect us, to save us, that he's present even in our darkest times. You know, we light a candle this morning, a visible sign, a reminder of God's presence, his light in the darkness, that Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world, coming to us, showing us God's love and grace in this life, 
and the next. But think about that. Think about the reminders of Christmas. You know, we set up a tree, we set up other decorations, and, and that's all fine and good, but uh, to realize that uh, God came in the form of a human to show us most profoundly about life here, but also eternal life, and to prepare our lives for Jesus coming again and again. It can happen during the Advent season. It can happen at any time. Let us pray. Lord, our minds might wander at times, and transitions might be a bit hard to follow. But your spirit is able to profoundly impact our lives and the lives of many people, multitudes of people all around this earth and throughout history. So, Lord, we prepare on this first Sunday in Advent a time of waiting, a time of anticipating, a time of hope, and you know, we all need hope in one way, or we need to be people that are hopeful and encourage other people. We might be going through difficult times. We might know others that are going through difficult times. And may we experience that light of your presence, even in the darkness. Amen. Please stand if you're able as we uh, affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Saying as one, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From then she'll come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.